Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is funeral versus graveside versus memorial. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, this has come up because it's relevant, sadly, it in the time of a pandemic. So let's start with a quick refresher on funerals themselves. Absolutely. So before we get into today's episode, I would like to share that we will be talking openly about death, dying, and bodies today. If this is not a topic that is good for your spirit or you are not ready to listen today, that is completely okay. There's nothing wrong with moving on. We have over 200 episodes that you can listen to. So please go find one that is a little less harmful for you today. But if you are curious about learning more about the differences in these things, learning a little bit more about death and how we honor it, continue listening. So funerals are the opportunity to gather together after someone has died in order to hold a religious service to recognize their life. Now, a funeral itself has a whole bunch of different cultural significance and different communities are going to celebrate them in different ways and different families have different traditions around them. But for some of us, we haven't actually had a lot of opportunity to learn about funerals or to go to them. And some of these words might be kind of strange. So there's a term awake mm -hmm. and awake is an opportunity for people to gather before the religious service, before the burial, in order to remember the person. And you tell stories and you eat food and hold a space to kind of remember their life. A viewing, mm -hmm. for those who have a viewing, this is a time when the funeral directors and the company have prepared the body of a deceased loved one. And there will be a time where you can come and view the remaining body of your deceased loved one. Now, for those who have not spent a lot of time around death, there is the reality that they will be made up. They will have makeup on and they will make the person look not frightening. Mm -hmm. So you're not seeing anything that would be I can't say that it's not disturbing because it is distinctly unique to see a body of a loved one without any breath in them. It is. It very much is. And it is not that you are seeing damage or harm on this person that you love. They're going to make it look as pleasant as possible. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. The viewing is what I'm most familiar with having grown up Catholic. And it's something I know my mother, it's very important to her in, mm -hmm. as part of the grieving process. And it's something that she and her friends have talked about in terms of specifically what they want to have on them to be worn oh, yes. and how they want to look and be presented. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, it's fascinating how that changes, I think, not just with the religions, but also, I think, with the generations. I'm not sure my generation, even in the hardcore Catholic land, is going to feel the same way about that. And it also shifts depending upon whether or not you anticipate having a casket service or yep. whether you anticipate cremation. Yep. And there's also 
conversations around embalming and whether or not you engage in embalming or whether you leave that be and how that impacts how swiftly you have the service, Mm -hmm. particularly if you're going to have a viewing, particularly if you're going to have an open casket moment during a funeral service. So each of these pieces are all decisions that can be made and they're all a part of it. Now that's for funeral. So we toss around words. We toss around the word funeral Mm -hmm. and we toss around the word memorial. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are using the term celebration of life Mm -hmm. in kind of the classic terms, similar to the difference between a cemetery and a graveyard, Mm -hmm. a funeral is a service where the remains of the deceased individual are present in one form or another. It can be a body, it can be an urn. Exactly. Okay. A memorial service is when the remains of the deceased are not present. The order of service may look exactly the same, but a memorial service does not have the saint present in the midst. A funeral service does. Okay. A celebration of life can go either way. That's a term that is relatively more recent, and I am biased that I find that that term comes often from... It sounds more secular, right? It is. Mm -hmm. And not just more secular, it's in some ways more Mm death-denying. Like we're trying to ignore when our grief is so large that we don't really want to face the fact that our loved one is dead... And we want to use euphemisms. We want to say our loved one has gone on to a better place or they have received their great reward, those kind of phrases. Then we might say we want to celebrate their life. We don't want to have a funeral. And I will meet people wherever they are. There was a time in my ministry where I would be like, no, you're having a funeral. (laughs) I'll meet people wherever they are. I find that the more honest we are, the more frank and clear we are with our language, the more permission we have to grieve and accept and confront death in ways that help us find a way forward and through, not past or not beyond, but just through to a different way of journeying with our grief. So where is your distinction then between a celebration of life and a memorial? It's purely based upon what the deceased's loved ones choose. Okay. It's not that the celebration of life is never going to involve some sort of Bible passage or reading of some sort. It can look exactly the same. Okay. It's purely based on what the family asks that it be called. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So where does the graveside fall in all this? So this is one of those pieces that is a separate event sometimes. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. So traditionally, if we go back into death rituals, particularly in Western Christian death rituals, there's a whole, obviously, an entire world filled with death rituals. Mm -hmm. But we'll focus in on Western Christian death rituals. And typically, there would be a funeral service held where you hear the promises of the baptismal fulfillment. That's what a funeral is supposed to be at its heartbeat, is the declaration of the promise of the baptismal promises being fulfilled. So if our funeral service begins the moment that we are baptized, 
it ends the moment that our baptism has been fulfilled and we are with God. That's our theological connection. So that Christ candle that gets lit on Easter, that Christ candle is lit for baptisms and funerals. Okay. Because we're proclaiming resurrection. So we have this funeral service where we proclaim the promise of resurrection for this individual. And then we go to their final place of interment. So that can either be a casket grave burial, or it can be placing an urn. It could be into any different number of locations. But historically, the most classical way to hold a funeral service is to have that funeral service in a church and then travel with everyone to the location of burial and then to have a short service and a blessing of the gravesite, the actual lowering or the actual placement of the individual into their final resting place. And sometimes depending upon the size, if it's an urn, sometimes you can even go ahead and fill that burial site and put Mm -hmm. the sod back in place before the service ends. It can be really quick. With a casket, that's a little harder. Mm -hmm. There's a a little more to be done. And so- at least according to Hollywood, you get your ceremonial throwing the first handful or shovelful in. And those are all options. Those are all options that families can choose to do or not to do as they wish. And then after that is when you go then for the reception and you go and have your gathering time and time of story together. So the pieces where either the placement of the beloved one into the ground or into the niche or whatever kind of a location, the final placement, and then offering flowers into a grave or placing dirt, all of those pieces are things that people can do. They may do them if they wish, or they may choose not to. They may choose to just head out and leave and not be present for that. And there's no right or wrong. It's simply ways to participate in the grieving process and to allow it to be what it is for you. Yeah, when I was growing up, I was actually taken to a fair number of funerals. Both of my parents Mm -hmm. come from large families, and it was small town, so you could very easily Mm -hmm. make it to the funeral, to a viewing, to the gravesite, and back for your sandwiches and bars, as Mm -hmm. it were. These things, however, seem to be less and less common these days. Is that what you're finding in your ministry? Totally. It's very fascinating to me how few traditional services we have now in this sense that we'll have a funeral, perhaps at the congregation, but then maybe or maybe not a burial. Or they'll have a committal service some weeks before and then plan a memorial service for everyone several weeks after. And that's prior to the pandemic. The pandemic has, of course, shifted many things. Mm-hmm including how we gather to bury our dead right now in this last year and a half. But my second call, we actually had a columbarium outside of the congregation. And so you could be buried on church ground. Okay. And it was really, really beautiful and lovely. And the way that we did that is we would have the funeral and then we would exit out of the sanctuary and people who didn't want to go could go to the left and go into the fellowship hall and folks who chose to could turn to the right and come out to the memorial garden. 
and then there is a large stone and it's a common mingling placement. And so you open the stone and the cremated remains of the loved ones are poured into the center location, which then mingles, commingles with all who have been buried there. Oh, that's fascinating. And then we bless that ground and then folks walk just right back in into the reception area. And it was so beautiful to have that rhythm and to have that just consistency and lovely opportunity. It was a beautiful ministry. Do you think these are falling by the wayside because we're not dealing with grief as we have in the past? Or is it simply a byproduct of the fact that people aren't going to church as much or a combination of both, I guess? I think it's a combo of both. And I will be very fascinated to see long term how the pandemic shifts our participation with and comfort with death. I think that two years ago, when I talked about death and burials, people thought that I was maybe being silly or a little overreactive when I would say, or morbid, that I would say, people don't know how to grieve anymore. People Mm -hmm. avoid death. We don't talk about this. But now that we've had this year and a half of so much death around us, I think that it's more obvious that we're still learning how to do this. There's a return, if anyone has noticed, kind of a, and it could just be in my circles because I do care about this, but a recognition of memento mori, which are small mementos that remind us that we are mortal. Of ourselves, not necessarily Mm -hmm. of a loved one. Okay. Correct. And they were very popular in Victorian times. Mm -hmm. And there's kind of a resurgence of this kind of aesthetic, this idea of recognizing our mortality and living a life that is full because our lives could be very short and not being as afraid of death, not being as shocked or as stunned by conversations about, well, how do you want to be buried? And do you want a casket funeral or do you want to be cremated? And what's a natural burial? And what are the options for natural burials now? And all of those kinds of conversations perhaps in this last year and a half, have become somewhat less frightening, even as we have become more frightened by the reality that death could find us rather quickly. Mm -hmm. It has been interesting seeing my daughter shift a little bit towards the more comfortable level. And I don't think it's necessarily that she's had so much more death around her lately because we've been incredibly lucky in this pandemic. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's as much the fact that it's not something I've been shy about talking about for as long as I have. Yeah. That it becomes less and less of a scary thing if you can bring it up more often. Mm-hmm. And having the conversations and having, having it not be a frightening thing to talk about, well, where do you want to be buried? And what are some stories about the way that people are buried? To be able to say, I have poured cremated remains into a common columbarium. I have poured them into a river water where it was safe to do so Mm -hmm. and allowed to do so. I have buried people in cemeteries. I have placed urns into the ground and covered them with dirt with my own hands to be able to help that be part of our story and part of our language so that the dirt of the grave is not as frightening anymore and that we can 
find places like cemeteries and graveyards to be places of solace and places of peace and quiet places to recognize that we are a part of a larger story and that there will be more story to come after us. So what are you finding the past year and a half? Are people coming back to wanting some sort of a church service or are you finding yourself in cemeteries more? Where are we sort of headed at the moment? Currently, it has primarily been solely graveside services. Okay. I'm guessing because they're outside and that's safer. Exactly, because they're outdoors and people can be distanced from one another. I have recently done a service where we had the funeral and then had a graveside just this last weekend. And it was beautiful. It was completely kind of very traditional Mm -hmm. and lovely. I think we will return once it is safe to do so to large funeral gatherings. It will be interesting to see for those that we have lost over the last year and a half, how do we mark their services? Because their families have often had burials Mm -hmm. and these saints have been committed to their final resting place, but the larger community has not had the opportunity to gather and to commend that person to God in a communal way. And I'm very curious to see what rituals and what pathways we find to marking those deaths when we are gathered back in person together. Yeah, the time that passes is an interesting thing because for some people, having the funeral, having some sort of gathering, telling the stories, having that happen in a closer sequence is more helpful for the grieving process. But COVID has made that not possible for so many. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing it's made it harder for us to deal with grief in some ways. I think that what has ended up happening is that it's almost felt postponed. Oh, sure. As with many things. Right? It's that kind of now but not yet, that liminal space. And I know that I can feel it. There's one member in particular where... It just feels like perhaps he's on a vacation or he's just not back yet, you Mm -hmm. know, and it will take being in that space and proclaiming his death and resurrection to kind of recognize, no, this is super real. I think not being able to do final rites for people, not being able to be a part of burials, depending upon family systems who may or may not hold religious ceremonies. Just because one person is religious doesn't mean that their next of kin Mm -hmm. will be religious and will hold a service for them. And so that's where part of the challenge, I think, has come in in this last year. Well, and if we end up delaying everything, then Uh it's all going to come at once. And that's Uh not going to be so easy to deal with either. No. And I, I think that Last year, we were very careful with how we observed All Saints Day Mm -hmm. because we were in the kind of mid-early pandemic. And so we created the candles for All Saints Day. Mm -hmm. I think that this year we will see as well, All Saints Day will hold a very different place in people's hearts. And maybe that day where I very intentionally lay out the order of worship to feel like a funeral. Mm Mm-hmm in order to remember these saints that we have lost in the last year. 
Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. I know that live streaming and Zoom have changed a lot of how we do things. Do you see this as helping some people? Because it is a way for those who don't live close to be able to join in. And as somebody who's moved away from the Midwest, where a lot of my family is passing away, I would be comforted to be able to have some sort of a participation available to me. Is that something that's here to stay or is that just for the pandemic only? I think it's here to stay. I, we were live streaming funerals upon request even before the pandemic. I think it will be interesting to see as we develop farther into this hybrid service where we find a way to incorporate people online with the people who are physically in the same space together. I think it will be very interesting to see how that impacts funerals. The one purely Zoom funeral that I led this year was such a gift for that family to have it by Zoom mm -hmm. because they were able to have their international family gather and be present with them and actually read and give part of the eulogy. Oh, nice. And that could not have happened had it been in person in one sanctuary space. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's a lot of ways that it opens up potential and possibilities. And especially when you find a way to do it well and to bring it strong meaning, it can be a very powerful way to hold a service. So I think it's here to stay. I think it's all part of it. I think as we move forward, we'll find more and more. I don't know about, I know some folks are looking at virtual reality stuff. Like oh, wow. Okay. How to put on the virtual reality mm -hmm. and then come into the space together in virtual reality. Plenty of people have been leading church like that for years now. I don't know if I'm ready to hop onto that train or not, but who knows? Hey, any tool that you can get in your arsenal to help is probably not a bad thing. And any way to help people recognize death and loss mm -hmm. are a part of our journey. And it's okay to feel anything that we're feeling. And we can find our way through with the gift of ritual and practice. You know, who knows? Who knows where we'll be in five years and 10 years and 50 years. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about funerals versus gravesides versus memorials. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and blessings and peace be with you all. If you have questions about these topics, or if you have something you've always kind of wanted to ask about this, but you've been afraid, feel free to reach out to me. You can reach me at pastor at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.